Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. About a year ago, Jessamine and I were on, uh, we had the uh, blessing of being on the Seven Churches of Revelation tour in Turkey. And we knew that was planned for a while. So while we were getting ready, had that way, um, just a terrible, horrible thing happened on February 24th, Russia invaded Ukraine. And so we all began to pray. And especially this church, we had a burden and we still do a burden to stand with the people of Ukraine. And if you've been with us for a year, you've seen us do things along the way and give help and humanitarian aid. We've helped build seven homes. We've given lots of humanitarian aid. We sent a shipping container over, bought some generators. Well, when it, early on, about six weeks into the war, Jessamine and I were already gonna be halfway around the world and through a mutual relationship, we got connected with a gentleman named Oleg and I'll let him give you his last name because I've tried and it's, I can't do it. I just can't. It's like tongues and you'll need the interpretation, but he can give it to you better. But uh, we got on the phone here. I remember standing here and we made uh, arrangements to connect. And through just a series of events, which is absolutely amazing. I've shared some of it before. I'll share some of it tonight. I won't go into time right now, but uh, God connected us. And we ended up meeting in a hotel in uh, Budapest, Hungary. And then I rode for about four hours in a humanitarian relief van that Oleg was driving across Hungary, Slovakia, and on into the Ukraine uh, with humanitarian aid that we helped on load and they would later to distribute into Kiev and other places where their needs were. And we just kind of, God just connected our heart. You know those moments where God just does something and it's something you know it's beyond the natural and God just divinely knits your heart together. And we've kept up since that time. And just a few weeks ago, I got an email uh, from Oleg saying that he and his wife were going to be in the States to some board meetings. And so what would it look like for them to come out and be with Tree of Life? And I said, come on, Absolutely. Uh, Ukraine's in our heart. Their ministry is amazing. I knew God was just orchestrating events. And in fact, tomorrow when they leave, they leave from here to fly immediately back to Europe to get back into uh, what they're doing there. But they needed time to come for board meetings and to connect with uh, people and partners. So um, I'm so excited this morning. We're gonna kind of interview-ish, if you will. Um, but just open your hearts up this morning. This, this church is such a generous church. And, and I, I don't want you to feel any obligation here today in your giving towards anything, but I want you to explore the opportunity, amen? And the opportunity. And then you only do what God says. That's, our, that's what we say here. You only do what God tells you to do. Uh, so no obligation, but explore the opportunity prayerfully as we have time to just share the ministry that's taking place over in the Ukraine to this wonderful couple and the opportunity that we have on into the future to be a blessing. Because listen, we all know it's not a one-time thing. It wasn't, you know, a lot of people get on board in the very beginning, right? There's a, yeah, we got to help and we got to support, but this is, we believe, we believe the war will end soon in Jesus' name. Amen. That's what our faith says. That's what our prayers say. Amen. But we know the ongoing recovery will take years and years and years, and we're going to be in it as long as, long as God says to be in it. And so, um, again, I want to invite up to the stage with me my good friend Oleg. Oleg, can we welcome his as he comes this morning? Come on up, buddy. Love you, man. Thank you. All right. And I will, I will let Oleg introduce his wonderful, beautiful wife. Yes, I'm... People are the most illogical beings on the earth. Because I thought, a year ago, I thought that I would never ever see my wife again. We were evacuating our team. Uh, we drove for 36 hours with women uh, in our cars. And then we spent 34 hours on the border. I stayed with my middle son with, uh, in Ukraine. And um, I fell asleep in my, in my car and they opened traffic arm and the, the car where my wife was crossed the border and that was it. 
for 28 years, we, like every day was spent together. The most we, the most we were apart was for like two weeks maybe. And here's like saying goodbye. For, like I didn't even say goodbye to my wife. She just crossed the border. She was gone into Europe. And I'm here with my wife, which is one of the miracles. And when Cody sang, turned it around, God did turn it around for me because I can be, this is my wife, Lena. She's here in, um, in Ukrainian shirt. <laughs> And then also, no, nobody would come to visit us in Ukraine because, you know, when you're in your mind, why would you go into a car where there's a war going on? And yet, um, and especially no American women would come to see us except Pastor Don and Pastor Jesse. <laughs> when we were told, my, our, our friends here, I've been friends with Andre and Mariana Gluchowski, who are part of your church for many, many years. Um, and, and they said, hey, we have Americans coming. I'm like, okay, this is strange because nobody wants to come to Ukraine right now. Their insurance companies tell them not to come to Ukraine. You know, why would this be? And, and even more so, you know, why would a woman, American woman come to Ukraine? And, you know, what do you know? Like, Je Jesse crossed the border. And so I'm, I'm so, uh, this, is, this is just, this is miraculous that I, we can be here. We're alive. Uh, military yeah. experts, Pentagon, CIA, everybody gave Ukraine three days before we would surrender to Russia. It's been 403 days. Yeah. And yeah, Ukraine awesome. still Amen. stands, and that's a miracle. So I'm with my friends, Andre and Mariana. I'm with my friends, Don and Jesse, and of course with my beautiful wife. So for at this point, God, whether we're going to be alive tomorrow or not, we're going back to Ukraine. We have air raid alerts. They keep bombing our cities. Last night, uh, more people were killed with Russian missiles. But today we're alive and Amen. we can do this. Amen. So I'm very happy. Thank you. Amen. And we are too. And, uh, you know, we just knew God dropped it in our heart to go and we were in the western part of Ukraine and but we know there was a divine connection on the other end you know we just knew we wouldn't do that I just want to tell you we're not we wouldn't just go when everybody else says don't go we you know we just really felt led of the Lord and we were in the part that we were safe and we felt that God was doing something and again I'll share the story tonight at 6 30 in the main lobby we're going to be able to share more than we have time for right now uh, how God just set things in motion and honestly when we left the Ukraine then we didn't know that we would ever get to see Absolutely. each other again because things are so volatile and as you can imagine here we in year two of the war. Uh, but yeah, God does, God does something, right? And so it wasn't our natural mind or thinking. And so that's what we've tried to do. We tried to, to partner with God and partner with you in that regard. And so it's been a blessing for us to be a part of what's happening uh, with the relief and recovery. And uh, when we were there, when Jessamine and I were there, we, we just loved every moment of seeing what you guys were doing with humanitarian aid. And uh, I want to just... Uh, give everybody a little picture of uh, what's, what, what they're all about through a video that Oleg sent me. And so kind of, it'll kind of let you know uh, just a, a general overview of the ministry that they've been doing or doing currently. And then we'll get in with a few questions that we can share with the sure. congregation here. So guys, let's go ahead and show the video. Uh, we decided to develop just in case plan. We booked a hotel in Western Ukraine. Uh, we developed uh, all the actions like, you know, in the case of cellular service, this is what's going to happen. This is where we're going to meet. You have to have full tank of gas in your car. So we just developed that to calm down our team. Well, little did we know that that plan was exactly what we were going to follow later on the 24th of February. 5 a.m. in the morning, we heard the sound of bombing and we woke up. We started collecting people all around Kyiv. After collecting our team, we were able to get out of Kyiv, and that took us five or six hours, what would usually take half an hour or 40 minutes to leave the city. After that, we headed 
west. For the next 36 hours, we were driving in a caravan of cars with lots of women, little children, um, just to get everybody as far possible as Kiev. One of the best things we could do for other people who were coming was to free up this space and for us to cross the border. Of course, men stayed. We have to be in Ukraine. And so all of our women, 18 people with children, they, they crossed the border on the way to Warsaw. And we stayed in Ukraine. And uh, that night we were invited to a meeting with uh, a group of different um, charitable funds and nonprofit organizations. And we were trying to understand how can we help here in Ukraine right now. And that's when we had the idea of creating Spirit of Victory Humanitarian Fund. And we started providing for all the uh, internally displaced people. I joined Radoga team and became engaged to humanitarian aid. We started to expand and help Ukrainian regions that were in need. While we were providing humanitarian aid in Ukraine, our team that crossed the border never stopped running our online school. Many children lost their friends, so what we decided as a team to do, to offer our school free of charge. Our school grew from 277 students to 12,000 children. One of the things about our school is that we always believe that even though you are online school, we are social people, we have to have relationships. So we've launched Unity Lessons. We had 4,000 children who were connecting every day to Unity Lessons to connect with other children, to connect with other teachers. And so for the next month, our team from Warsaw, from Poland, where we were hosted, they were providing all of that for children all around Ukraine, all around Europe, in many, many countries around the world, all the children who connected to our platform. In Poland, we've seen exactly the same thing as in Western Ukraine. Poland was exploding and we started looking where else we could move our team and that's when we made a decision to move our team to Spain. So my wife, who never traveled for more than uh, two, three miles around Kiev, she would drive her car to subway and then she would get on subway and travel around Kiev. She traveled with a team of women and children for 3,000 kilometers, crossing the whole Europe all the way from Warsaw to Spain bring peace, we could establish our team there. And one of the important things is that our school never stopped for a minute. While we were serving people with humanitarian aid, we realized that at some point, this intensity is gonna go away. At some point, people will, will wake up and realize the tragedy that they experience. And this tragedy is gonna be not as visible as hunger, not as visible as bullets. It's going to be much deeper and we need to do something about that. Well, since for the past 28 years we've been doing camps and we've been working with children, we realized to use that experience, that knowledge in helping children save their childhood. There was a lot of humanitarian aid. Everyone helped the armed forces of Ukraine, volunteers helped people who were under occupation, but the children were left on the sidelines. The idea of this project is to help children distract themselves from everything that is happening in their families and country. We wanted children to experience joy and happiness. We noticed the great crisis the children are going through. They are traumatized and they need help. That's why we launched the camp project. We have already held 100 camps and reached more than 5,000 children. 
So even though our team is um, almost 100 people, our team is actually much larger. Every single person who contacted us, every person who supported uh, our camps this summer allowed us to serve almost 5,000 children this summer throughout camps, throughout all the country of Ukraine, helping kids save their smiles, helping kids save their childhood. Thank you everyone for supporting this effort. Thank you everyone for helping us heal these kids from trauma and um, helping them be kids. God is good. Amen. So, you know, as we've gotten to know you a little bit, we understand a, a little bit of before the war. We only know from the war to this point forward, but your whole life has been spent ministering to kids in camps uh, yep. across all across Ukraine. Yes, my wife and I started Radio Ministries in 94, and we had no idea what we were getting into. <laughs> kids are very contagious. Once you start working with them, you, it's hard to give up. Um, so we were working with orphans and vulnerable children, and uh, before we were, uh, we wanted to help the orphans prepare for life. So um, we, we, in Ukraine, many people want to become IT professionals. They want to learn to program because you know they receive American salaries, but live in Ukraine. I mean, what a great deal! And <laughs> we th we thought we would teach these kids to code, but children who receive things all the time in the orphanages, they are demotivated. They 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 don't have motivation. They don't have ambitions. And so we we want to trick them. So we brought them Legos, but with a special robotic Legos where they learn to code. And yeah, that's what we're doing with kids. We're teaching them, and kids, it's amazing. Children, children, uh, we, we we were running some some of these clubs near Chernobyl nuclear plant. So there are still abandoned villages there, and children who live in poverty with bathrooms outside their houses. As soon as that got those robots into their hands, they were playing and coding as if they were doing this whole life. So it's amazing Amen. the fact that this that that, that we had that, that this ministry and how much we impacted. Amen. Well, first thing I want to say is, if you notice, you said working with kids is contagious. So there's a sign-up card for children's ministry on the back of every seat. <laughs> and uh, and it, it, only God knows what He's prepares us right now. We're prepared for something for the future. We just got to say yes, Lord, right, and allow Him to use our gifts and abilities. So you obviously didn't know at the time, and no one ever, especially Ukrainians, never wanted to see the moment that war would enter, but you initially switched to humanitarian aid, which is how we connected with you. We saw the warehouses and were able to be a part of that for a short time. And then you had a phone call or God spoke to you through a way that to shift your emphasis again. And uh, can I just ask you to explain that for just a second? Yeah, absolutely. Well, for, uh, kind of, let me uh, comment on children. Um, thousands of Ukrainian children have been kidnapped by Russia and taken to Russia from the occupied territory. So we're not the only people who are trying to influence the children. You know, right. the enemy is trying to do the same thing. And in fact, International Criminal Court issued uh, arrest order for Putin, you know, not for all the deaths, not for all the atrocities that happened, but specifically for kidnapping thousands of Ukrainian children. And we're trying to recover many of them, bring them back. Um, so we were, when the war started, my wife was gone, everybody was, uh, you know, I stayed with my son. We, we started, we, we were delivering humanitarian aid to these refugee centers. And imagine, I think this would be a good uh, illustration, imagine walking into your front lobby of your church, and instead of, you know, having coffee and everything there and those chairs and tables there, imagine that whole front lobby having bunk beds. 
Imagine that whole front lobby, you know, having people who stay on those beds with their phones, adults, with their phones all the time because people, people were so concerned about their relatives, about their friends, about, you know, is your house destroyed? What's going on in your, in, in your place? And so that, that was, I, I watched that for about a month and we would deliver, and since our heart is for children, you know, that's what we've been doing for the past 28 years. As we were delivering humanitarian aid, I thought, man, if we could just bring those Lego kids from Ukraine, those robots, if we could just, you know, for at least one hour, redirect their, this children's attention from war. Because another thing that was happening, parents were traumatized. They had no words to tell, like, you, when you're so traumatized, you're all consumed, you cannot speak to your children. And the last thing you want to talk to your children about is pain, right? Like, that's why parents have chosen this, you know, this position of just not talking to their children at all. So for months, parents would not play, talk to their children because they had no idea what to do. So I thought if we could just bring, for one hour a day, we could redirect children's attention from war. I didn't know that the official term was trauma healing. I thought, man, we could just need to redirect their attention. So... Uh, Kiev was still besieged. Our oldest son was in Kiev. I, I secretly, I didn't even tell my wife. I didn't want for her to be scared for me. So I got in my van. I traveled to Kiev through all the checkpoints. It took me a few days to get back. Uh, and, I, and I went, because I thought, if, you know, if they bomb our office building where we have those kids, like, what are they good for? So I sneaked into our office building. I was really concerned about elevator. Because we yeah. were, what, what floor? I think we were on the eighth floor. And when they went under air raid alerts, they turn off electricity. So I thought I was going to be stuck in elevator forever. And, uh, or, you know, with all the bombing. So I went into our office. I picked up all of those Lego kits and a coffee machine. Because you cannot fight war without a good coffee. <laughs> and, and so I, I, I took it back. I brought it back to Western Ukraine. And we started bringing that into this refugee centers. And kids started playing. For the first time, kids were playing. Many kids wouldn't even smile. They would just play. And then one of the sweetest moments in my life was, I think after maybe a month of those kids, because parents were sitting watching from outside. They, they, they had no emotional capacity to connect. And uh, this morning we're, you know, uh, I think Cody was talking about intercession. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a huge thing when there's somebody who stands up for you and helps you. And so, so we started playing. And then a month later, one mom came to the table, joined her child, and that was the first time she played with her kid in months. Amen. The first time. And that was healing. Yeah. And so that's, that, that's just powerful moment. So we, all of, those, all, of, all of a sudden, those clubs started growing. And then after we ran summer camps, that turned into the whole network of clubs into 10 cities where we run these clubs right now for 1,000 children weekly. Amen. Uh, so I want to put a slide up, and I want you to just explain, this, explain it to us, because when I saw it on your information, it just really touched my life. So I don't know, Jesse, if you could put that slide up, up where it's going to be up. and. Mm. You, just if you read that for us out loud and just yes, tell us children's about it. traumas run deeper than bullet wounds, than hunger and bullet wounds. So let's just tell us kind of what that means to you. What's ooh? When um, when you people ask us, uh, we for 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 the past one of the reasons why Len and I have capacity to 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 ministry to others is because we had so many Americans who walked with us the whole way. And I mean, Don, you and I spent 
hours in that van, right? Yeah. And Don was my pastor for that moment, for, that, for those hours. And because somebody, and people ask you, the hardest question to be asked when you are in the midst of trauma is, how are you doing? Because that's the last thing. Every time you need to answer that question, you bring all the, everything, all, all, everything that you try to numb, everything that you try to hide, you have to bring it out. Every time you bring it out, it hurts. But, that's, but there's no other way to healing than to bring it out. Yeah. And so Don, Don was counseling me, and I was not trying to commit a suicide or anything, but, you know, but we were in that van. He was stuck with me. And I was stuck with Don, and that was a very healing time. And one of the, there is a new dimension to answering the question, and many, many of you have been in the midst of suffering, you can relate to that. Um, we don't, there is no, there is no kind of, there is no, it's not one way you can answer a question, okay, horrible, or wonderful. Today there are two, there are two today there are, there are two scales how we measure how we're doing. And the, uh, it, you can be, you can be simultaneously happy and simultaneously unhappy at the same time. It's like being a parent of one child who performs so well, he is a rock star, he gets all the trophies and awards, and the second child is a drug addict. Are you happy? You can be happy at the same time as being happy, and that's what's unseen. That when you look at the child, those kids can be playing, but as soon as we were doing this camp uh, in Bucha, we just recently, a few days ago, we celebrated liberation of Bucha, where 600 people were killed in one month. Lots of horrible, I'm not going to even mention, you can read about Bucha uh, uh, on the internet. And, and we were playing, well, those kids were playing games as soon as there was a thunderstorm. There was months after that their town was liberated. As soon as there was a thunderstorm, they ran into basement and hid under the tables and they were screaming because you don't see that. That is so deep in their hearts, that is so deep in their souls. And, and that's why, yeah, Lena and I, we smile too. But every day, our, our sons live in, in Kiev. Every, every, almost every day, Kiev gets hit by the Russian missiles. Are you happy? So that's what, you know, it's very deep. And another thing that God has been telling us is that it is not just this children's generation's trauma they will also pass it to their children. Mm -hmm. So when we're talking about healing, when we're talking about uh, supporting these children, when we're talking about, this is not just about robots. This is not about just academic education or preparing them for life. This is helping them, helping them even bring up their children. That's how deep we're reaching, reaching to. That's what we hope for as we work with these kids. Yeah, amen. And that's amazing, amazing, amen. Now, I... We've talked about this a little bit this weekend. My wife and I have been talking about it. And just even going back to Monday, right, the tragedy in Nashville, you know, mm -hmm. the, the loss of life, the kids, and not on the scale, certainly, that you see. And then we're not that far from Uvalde. And, uh, you know, I feel like the enemy's trying to steal a generation. He's attacking kids all over the world. And uh, I think one of the things the church needs to do in ministry is target these kids, uh, how do you ever stop, right? Otherwise, you pass that trauma down, pass that trauma down, and you got to stop and break the cycle somehow. So we appreciate what you guys are targeting kids. And so tell us a little bit about the Trauma Healing Club for Kids. What, what do you do in those moments when you have uh, those children there? What's that look like? Thank you. Um, the way how we have, we have four different things happening at the same time, and I think that's where there is a 
there is a there's a lot of uh, healing of that trauma that happens because those four things don't happen separately. They're integrated together. They're interwoven together. So when children come to these classes, whether they happen in the underground parking lots or basements or in the church buildings, they um, they build a robot. And so that really redirects their attention from, from war. But also another thing that it does, it gives them a sense of accomplishment. And that's what helps with your trauma is that you stop feeling like a victim. You start, in fact, I think in a sense, they, 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 in, they can relate to God better because God is the creator and they become creators. Mm-hmm. And they'll look at what they built, you know, and that, that robot, they also, they also write a code on iPads and they upload that code into that robot and it starts moving. Like kind of like God created us. And so this kid's like, oh, I can do something. I'm not, especially kids who came from very vulnerable uh, situations. They're like, I'm not dumb. If I can build a robot, you know, I'm not like the horrible, the most horrible uh, student in a class. So that's what they do. And there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of positive effect there. The next thing we do is also we, we, we teach them, there's a, there's a message that we preach. So our, our lessons connected with the Bible and we're able to share about the Bible with these kids. Uh, the next thing happens, there's also teamwork and and there's a lot of community healing because kids learn to support each other and that is precious as you are in the midst of trauma because one of the things about about people who are victims if you if you keep also only looking inside you will you will that that um that healing may take much longer than if you start supporting others right. even when you are while you are a victim Amen. while Amen. you are wounded you can go support others you can yeah. you still can do something for for others and so that's what happens teamwork and then the fourth thing is that there is a we also um we also have psychological curriculum, uh, therapeutic curriculum, where children can uh, talk about parts of their body, can talk about things that happen with life. And, and there's a lot of power there as well, because when you, when, people in Ukraine, the whole idea of going to a counselor is very foreign to the Ukrainians. Ukrainians don't go, like, it's only, like you must be totally out of your mind. In fact, it probably is going to be somebody who's going to take you to a psychiatric hospital. Like people, you, we especially... Ukrainians like, oh, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna overcome this myself. I can go through. I'm an alcoholic, but I and I'm and I drink like crazy, but I will do this myself. There's no way you're gonna do this. There's the only way why Lena and I serve is because we had people who walked with us yeah. and asked us yeah. that craziest question, "How are you doing?" That that brought a lot of healing to us. So these kids, you know, they can do that, and and because it happens in a form of a game, these kids can go through healing. They don't admit they're sick. They're sick. Everybody is sick. The whole, Ukraine, the whole country of Ukraine is sick. Kids who stayed in the besieged cities, they have trauma because they lived under area alerts. They could not run away. Children who move to other places and don't have a home anymore, believe me, they have trauma. Children who ran away couldn't, couldn't grow the roots in a new place, had to return back to their homes. They are traumatized as well. And by doing that for children, there's just a lot of healing that, that comes to them. We had just, a, just one testimony very quick. We had two children... Age of six, right, Lena? The age, age of six, two children who came one time to our club, four missiles hit their apartment building. Four missiles. One of those missiles hit their apartment. They were not in their apartment at that moment, by God's grace. They, they stopped speaking because of the trauma. And, and that's probably one of the few rare visuals, how you can see, okay, this child has trauma because that child can't speak. After two lessons... After two lessons of working with these kids, they start speaking again. Their mom was blown away by, by this uh, effect that this, this had on children. Amen. So, 
as I understand the program, you have, you meet once a week with 100 kids. Uh, you've identified 10 cities currently. And then, uh, so where do you find these kids in the city? How, how do you get them into your club? Mm-hmm. We, uh, we partner with the local churches. We believe that there is no better way for children to uh, go through trauma healing than in the community of believers. Amen. They need more than one hour a day. Amen. They need the whole body of believers who would surround them and who would walk with them and who would tell them that God will turn it around and, and God will work with them. And there's just many people who can speak into their lives. So we, because we've been doing ministry for 28 years, um, there are so many churches that Len and I have also been doing a lot of leadership development for the pastors mm-hmm. and youth pastors. And so that's what, the, those were the first people we contacted and said, hey, you know, we, can, we have this most amazing tool we can put into your hands. Do you think you can do this? And they're like, we've never done robots, but I, I, we think our church can handle <laughs> robots. And, um, and so we've, uh, that, that church pr- provides space for children. That church engages with low, and many, many of those parents um, are the ones who never been to church. Right. So church also, that's a huge outreach. Um, and so they, 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 they engage, they engage. Like there are even, this is also another beautiful thing, how, how we can even partner with organizations like UNICEF um, who endorsed us as well. They said, this, these guys, you know, they didn't say we're Christians, but it was very evident. You know, this <laughs> ministry does amazing work. You know, we're a secular organization, but you need to go to those people because they do the amazing work. And so UNICEF has been directing uh, people to us. Caritas is a big humanitarian aid Catholic organization. They've been directing children for us, to us. So that's, that, there's just a lot of children. And we have, um, it, it, in each city, we have 10 clubs. 10 children per each club because it's very intimate how we work with those children just in very small groups of 10 children. So just probably curiosity when you, you keep saying robots and Legos, tell, tell us about that. Are you getting these kits from Lego itself and how's that, how does that work? We, uh, um, we, had, uh, we had sponsors who helped us buy those kits. It's a, it's a big, this big box. It's a special educational kit. So it has, it has um, a little motor with the chips. It has uh, all kinds of sensors, light detectors, everything. And I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a serious yeah. thing. It's, yeah. you know, it's like, it's like, it's like little Tesla, you know, with, with the wheels, <laughs> but, but little. And, uh, and so these kids have to, you know, they have to put this model together. We have, we bought a special curriculum and, um, and they, yeah, they, they, and then they have iPads that, that we also bought to go with these kids and then they have to write a code. And that's when, that's what I think that's just that miraculous moment when you write something and you upload and it works. By the way, one of the interesting things, the girls are the best. (laughs) Seriously. Like okay, there let's is, move on. We can move on. Move yeah, on. Okay. I just, it's amazing because there is this, you know, there, there is this, <laughs> there's this stereotype that, it's probably because it's those of, of those names, Elon Musk and Steve Jobs, they're all men. I, I don't know why that happens, <laughs> but the girls, maybe, maybe it's Elon Musk and Steve Jobs and all women there because <laughs> these girls are the fastest to build robots. And, and it's amazing watching those girls do that. Uh, that is amazing. Uh, just real quick, uh, you were telling us yesterday at lunch uh, about how you were sharing uh, the gospel through these kits yes. uh, about evolution and yeah. debunking evolution. Yeah, so this is one of my favorite lessons and one of the, my favorite illustrations because we have 24 lessons for the whole year uh, of spiritual lessons, how to work with these children. One of my favorite lessons is when uh, children build a robot and they, it takes them about an hour and a half building a robot, a mo- certain model, because then they have to 
disassemble it, and then they, you know, they build a new model. So they build a robot, then they upload that code, and then we have the spiritual lesson, and at the end of that lesson, we, we ask, that specific lesson, we ask, okay, was it difficult to build this robot? Oh, yes, it was very difficult. Was it hard to write a code? Yeah, it didn't work so many times. What'd you do? Well, I worked even more. Okay, do you think, is there just a slight chance that all of those pieces could come together themselves? Do you think there's a slight chance that that code could just somehow just come together? And said, no, that's the most stupid thing that, you know, how can those, how can those hundred pieces can come together? How can those hundred pieces, can, how can that code be written itself and then upload it into that, you know, body? And they would say, okay, do you, after this, do you believe that you, the way more sophisticated, you know, not a device, how would you call it? Creation. creation, you know, do you think you could come together just out of no? No way, that's, that's crazy, you know, this robot couldn't come together, me even, even more so. So, okay, that's all you need to know about theory of evolution, it's dead. <laughs> amen, amen. One, uh, wish we had so much more time, and then again tonight, would have liked to invite you out at 6.30, we'll have much more time, but uh, biggest need? Um, we... Because this trauma, trauma healing is going to take more than one generation, we, uh, we thought, Len and I thought, we're going to run this clubs maybe for a few months, you know, during the most critical time. And, we, and Ukraine is still, we're still fighting the war. We have no idea when this war is going to be over. So Ukrainians, many Ukrainians, most Ukrainians, we still run on adrenaline. Like if you, you know, if you can think of a, of a boxer on the ring, you know, we still stand like this. So we're still, we're still ready for that next hit. And imagine the moment when that fight is going to be over and you're going to realize all the bruises on your face, all the, you know, kidding, everything inside of you that you cannot see that was hit by, by the enemy. And that's when the true, um, that's when the true challenges will, for our country. That's when, that's when drug addiction, because right now, many Ukrainians, this, we still draw on hate towards, hatred towards Russians. Imagine when that is going to be over and you're going to realize how many neighbors died, how many relatives died, what happened to you personally. So it's, going to, it's a long-term commitment. And we, what we've done, we, we, start, we launched this program called Sponsor a City. And we asked the churches to, to, to adopt a city in Ukraine with the leaders there who teach these children, with the children who go through that club. And we have, uh, uh, we talked with uh, Jessamy, and Jessamy said, I wish we knew of one specific city. We were talking just last night. So we contacted Atlanta, contacted our team last night, said, hey, do we have any cities that are not sponsored? And we have a city for you. <laughs> we have a city for you. This city is on the Polish border. This city grew up, well, you from San Antonio, you understand when the tourists come to you, right? So you explode, your city explodes. But then the cool thing, they leave, right? They don't have to say, well, the yes, amen. <laughs> so that city exploded. It, it, it doubled in, in um, it, it probably quadrupled uh, during war, but then some people left. So right at this point, they're just doubled in size and they have lots of IDPs, internally displaced people who stay there. That city is not far away from Polish border, which is safer a little bit than and being far away for, from NATO country. 
And so that city, we need supporters. We need a church who would be, adopt that city, adopt those children there, and would continue with those children. And I know it's a huge commitment, but we're looking for partners for three years. After three years, we'll see what happens. At this point, we're looking for somebody who would wa- walk with those children, who would intercede for those children, who would support those leaders for three years. Amen. And so the, I'll just let you guys know the commitment for a year is $36,000 to be able to equip this. They meet weekly every year. And so, uh, yeah, so Jesse and I really feel in our heart, can we on your behalf give a big yes at this church? What do you think? Thank can we you. support that? Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for what you guys do and uh, your families all over the world right now. And uh, But you guys travel around and are in uh, just really difficult circumstances. Those are your people. And so I know your love for them. And, you know, we talked a little bit yesterday about your heart and we just believe that God's going to work in you as you work, as he works through you. Amen. To help the people and what you're doing for the children of Ukraine. So thank you very much. And one, there are many lessons that we learned. Um, Lena and I have been traveling to, traveling to America for so many years. As much as we love America, we also see a lot of hurting people. Yeah. That shooting in Nashville took place in the church, in the school where we had our board meeting 10 years ago in one of the classrooms. Our former, our former board member, uh, chairman of the board is from that church. Yeah. And his, his grandchild was in the next classroom after that uh, woman was shooting children. So he, like, it's, there are friends, there is a, one of the, Cynthia who was killed, she traveled to Ukraine to visit different ministries. So that church is very close to us. And one of the things people, there are lots of people who are traumatized in America as well. There are lots of people in the States who are hurting. One of the things I've learned through this journey, you cannot make it on your own. Yeah. If you are the one who is hurting, Never, ever, ever reject people's help. In fact, seek people's help because that's the only way how you can walk through the most, through the biggest suffering in your life. And that's what I learned. And that's what, you know, as, as it's difficult, especially for men. Men are the toughest. Men, men, I think it's, 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 I think we are wimps to accept other people's help. It's only true men who can accept that yeah. we cannot get up and yeah. who need others to come into right. your lives. And so that's what helped yeah. me. And that's why we stand and that's why we can help others. And uh, because there's more than just you, you know, God, God brings us up so we could go and, and serve others. And we, can, we do that with children in Ukraine, which is a huge blessing. Thank yeah. you guys for, you. for bringing your healing to us and for walking with us and for that Vans ride especially. <laughs> Amen. That was quite Thank the ride. You. Thank you. Amen. I love you, brother. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. So, uh, here's what we want to say. We want to say there's no obligation. There's just opportunity. And only do what God puts on your heart to do. That's all. That's all we ask. But as a church, I believe as a whole, all coming together, we'll be able to do uh, what I believe God's asking this church to step up and do. A um, couple of things he said is when, and the Bible says, when we refresh others, we're refreshed. And we know that there's a lot of healing that needs to happen here in our nation and stuff. And I believe by helping uh, Ukraine and those children will also result in creative ideas and resources to help those here. And we believe that this has inspired us to look at ways to look at trauma in our kids, in our area, because we all know that that's there and in our church. 
And, uh, but I believe that God's asking us to take a step of faith. And I'm not going to take up a special offering. Uh, we don't typically do that here. You can do that online. You know all the ways to do it. And on the, ma- on the online menu, there's a drop-down that says Ukraine. There's also a drop-down uh, that I believe says this about this project. All, all the money's given today that go undesignated to missions will go towards this project, cafe, coffee shop, and even beyond today, if you want to be a, continue to be a part of that, then do that. But here's what we're asking. Just ask God, that's all, and just do what he's asking you to do. Again, no obligation, just opportunity for you. I want to invite you back out tonight. Uh, we have more time to share more things, maybe even some question and answer. We'll be in the main lobby, just some light refreshments and come be a part of that. But right now, I feel like it's important for us to respond in a way to create an environment for just to, us to release our faith unto God on behalf of this wonderful uh, ministry, the people, the children over in Ukraine. So let's all stand to our feet. Um, what we're going to do is there's a song that's been on my heart for several weeks. And then when uh, Oleg emailed me, it came to light why, and I believe this is the moment. And uh, we're gonna sing this song, but it really to me is like a prayer. And in particular today, it's our prayer, our faith extended uh, into uh, Ukraine and for the Ukrainian people, and especially for the Ukrainian children. So let's just take a moment, and maybe in this moment, you're asking God, God, what would you have me do? But let's just extend our heart and our faith and our love through this song, this worship to the people of Ukraine as a prayer. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.